Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neil. I hope you're all doing well on this lovely sunny Thursday. Sorry, it's Thursday when I'm recording this. I know the podcast doesn't come out on a Thursday. It's one of those proper cold but really sunny blue sky winter days and I just love those days. I hope everyone settled in well if you were going back to uni or starting uni or back to school. I cannot believe we are halfway through October. Honestly, the weeks just go so ridiculously fast. I know I say this all the time, but it terrifies me. I swear you literally blink and before you know it, it's Thursday again. And then it's essentially the weekend. Like, I literally don't understand how it happens. I don't think this happened when I was younger. I swear weeks used to go so slow when I was in school. Because you'd be like, oh, another four days left of school. What's everyone doing for Halloween? I don't, right, this is so weird about me, but I really don't like fancy dress anything. I don't go to any of my dance socials because I despise fancy dress. I haven't been on an Otley run, which if you probably won't know what it is if you have never been to Leeds. Basically, there's this main road that runs from Headingley, which is just like a little suburb outside of the city centre, right? So it, it's a straight road that runs all the way from Headingley into town and it's this pub crawl. I think it's got like 17 pubs on it. I'd fucking love to do it, but they're always fancy dress. That's the whole thing about doing the Ollie run is that it's fancy dress. And I've been invited to a few and every time I'm just a bit like, uh, I don't know, I find something a bit weird about like organised fun like that. I think I also just like being comfy when I'm going out. I'm wearing what I want to wear. Do you know what I mean? It's not necessarily about looking nice because I don't know if I care about that. Like, I'd be happy enough to go out not looking nice in a tracksuit, but I, oh, I don't know. I just have this weird mental block when it comes to fancy dress. And obviously Halloween is fancy dress as well. And it's so weird because obviously as a makeup artist, like I'm obsessed with all the Halloween makeup. I love seeing everyone's looks every year. I used to love doing them myself, but to be honest, I think I'm going to opt out this year. I really just haven't been experimenting with makeup and I don't feel like I have a like good space to experiment with makeup when I'm at uni or could I just be bothered to spend to sit down and spend the guts of three to four hours doing a Halloween look like I used to but yeah I hate to be a Debbie Downer but really not a fan of it and also I think it's just one of those nights that's so hyped the same way that New Year's Eve is and you know everything's ticketed and there's queues everywhere and It's just very messy, town's very busy, hard to get taxis. I don't like that. It's just a bit too chaotic for me. So I really don't know what I'm going to do this Halloween, to be honest. Part of me really just wants to like go out for dinner and drinks. (laughs) That's really bad, isn't it? So yeah, haven't decided. If anyone has any suggestions of what you can do on Halloween that doesn't involve getting dressed up and going to an event or going clubbing, please let me know. Do you know what? Maybe I'll just sit in and watch Halloween movies and just get, maybe I'll make like Halloween themed snacks, cookies, I don't know, (laughs) light some nice Halloween candles and do something like that. I feel like that would be quite wholesome. But I, I, I don't know, I need someone to do that with though. It's a bit depressing if it's on your own, is it? I'm actually going home this weekend for my brother's birthday. His birthday is today, but He's having like a party on Saturday. 
which is exciting. So I'm going home for that. And then I'm also going to see, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast already, but I'm going to see Joanne McNally with my mum. Oh my God, I literally cannot contain my excitement. I have already been to see her. I basically just lucked out. One weekend I was in London, had no idea she was, what is it when a comedian's on stage performing? Is that what you would say? I don't know. Anyway, she's not playing. She's not in a band. Yeah, okay, performing. So she was performing at London Palladium and I didn't have a clue. And then I was just like on Instagram stories and she put up on her story um, a few tickets left for London Palladium tonight. And I was like, oh my fucking God. And I didn't have set in stone plans at that point. I was meant to be meeting people, but it wasn't like a prearranged thing that I'd come to London for or anything. It was more like a, I'm in London if you're free tonight. So cancelled on that and messaged my friend Robin who lives in London who I knew likes Joanne McNally and just just to quickly see if she would be interested so I could like buy the tickets there and then because I was scared they were going to sell out. I feel like I've told this story before. Anyway, long story short, luckily I got to go see Joanne McNally completely out of the blue, unplanned. It was literally the funniest two hours of my life. Well, she's probably only on for an hour and then her support act. What's his name? Geroid or something? I don't know. <laughs> it's an Irish name that I really can't pronounce. Anyway, he was on before. I'm When I say I didn't stop laughing for the whole entire time that she was on stage, I mean, I came out of the place and my cheeks, you know when your cheeks hurt from smiling so much? She's honestly the funniest person ever and apparently she's really good at like making her shows quite different. Obviously not from night to night but from when I saw her then that was a good what like half a year ago now probably and although this is the same tour I think she does add in some like new material and things so I'm really excited and also just to experience it with my mum because she finds her so funny as well so yeah I've got a good weekend ahead of me Friday night Joanne McNally Saturday night my brother's birthday no doubt I'll be on cocktail duty all night as I always am at any family event (laughs) It's always like, cocktail bitch, make me this. <laughs> I guess this is just what happens when you've worked in bars throughout your lifetime. I say throughout your lifetime as if I'm like so old and I've worked in so many bars. But yeah, I always just get roped into it. It's a good skill to have, but it is annoying when your parents think that you're their private bartender. But do you know what? It's the least I could do for them. What is my recommendation of the week? Okay, Do you know what it actually has to be? Because I'm sat here drinking one right now. It's matcha. Now, I never thought I'd be the one to say this because the first time I tried matcha, I don't know actually if my sister just made me a really shit one. Mm, I don't know. Anyway, I really disliked the one that she made me the first time I was trying it. And I think I had to just add a shitload of sweetener till it essentially just tasted like vanilla milk, which I didn't even like, to be honest, because I don't like really sweet things. (laughs) I don't know if it is just something that grows on you because the first time I tried it I genuinely thought it tasted like grass or like dirt like mucky grass (laughs) really not painting a good picture here anyway I don't know what made me switch and when I tried like at what point I tried it that made me like it all I can say is that matcha with coconut milk is a match made in heaven a matcha made in heaven actually you have to be really careful about how much matcha powder you put in though 
I went a bit overboard the last two days thinking that I could have some more and both times I was just like oh this is so bitter and gross but if you get it right if you get one of those little you don't actually need to buy one of those little spoons what am I talking about just use a teaspoon but you only need like a tiny bit like not even half a teaspoon probably a quarter of a teaspoon and then you mix it with boiling water I mean I'm sure you all know how to make matcha you've probably seen it on TikTok a little bit of little bit of powder a little bit of boiling water give it a stirry stir then add your milk even better if it's foamed or frothed whatever you want to call it oh and sorry some vanilla into the milk a little drop or two from you know the little my protein flavor drops or if you'd prefer some vanilla essence or even a wee squirt of honey would you believe if i told you that i've started drinking it in the morning instead of my coffee because i never thought i'd be sitting here saying that right now I was really getting back into using my percolator since I've been back at uni because obviously I don't have my gorgeous coffee machine that is back home. Devastating. So yeah, I was getting back into using the percolator and then, I don't know, I do like it but it is very bitter and I don't know if it's the coffee that I'm using or if it's just because it's more like an Americano as opposed, like you're essentially getting an Americano out of a percolator, aren't you? You're not really getting a latte so I think it's more that I don't actually really like Americanos to be honest I mean I don't mind them I just wouldn't choose to drink them every day I don't wake up and crave an Americano and also matcha it's like you know the way the caffeine in coffee kind of hits you instantly and it can like make you a bit shaky or anxious and also makes you go to the toilet (laughs) matcha isn't like that it's like you know green tea like the caffeine in that that's kind of slow release so apparently it's a lot better for you but yeah, I still get my I still get my coffee when I'm out in a cafe essentially every day. That's like a given for me. But I've started making matcha at home and I'm really enjoying it. But no doubt I'll go straight back to coffee the second I walk through my front door and have my hands on that coffee machine again. So I'm back with another girly chat episode this week. Do you know this is only the fourth of the girly chats? I don't know why, but it feels like I've done so much so many more. So many more, so much more. I don't, Jesus, I don't know, my brain. But yeah, you guys seem to love these, so I put up on my story a little question box and told you to ask away, and I'll give you my questionable advice, as always. It is weird how, like, anytime I listen to a podcast where it's people giving advice from people writing in, it's weird how differently you'd respond like sometimes I listen to things and I'm like yeah 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 wholeheartedly agree with that and then other times I hear responses and I'm like oh god no I would have said something completely different it's just so weird how like everyone's brains obviously work completely different anyway let's get straight into your dilemmas talking to this lad for ages he hasn't made any relationship indication but we talk like we're in a relationship Recently, one of his friends started texting me and has asked me to come see him. Is this him saying... So, like, is does that mean that he's saying to his friend that we're not in a relationship? Or is he just oblivious to it? Also, am I mad waiting around for him since this has been going on for over a year now? Oh, over a year. This boy is having his cake and eating it. He's getting the perks of being in a relationship in that you're waiting around for him, you're acting like you're in a relationship, you're probably doing all the things that people in relationships do, 
but he gets the freedom of not having a label on it, of being single, of being able to do whatever he wants. All these things. That is crazy. I mean, it's fair enough if it's being discussed and that's what you both want, but it doesn't sound to me like that's what you want. I would genuinely just sit down and ask him, just be like, what are we? Because if we're nothing, then I need to know. But if we are something, then I also need to know. Do you just need to have that conversation? That's what I did when, like, sometimes you literally just need to come out right and say it. It doesn't matter at what stage, especially because it's been over a year. I came out and said that when it hadn't even been that long. Because basically, me and my boyfriend were dating and then... Obviously, I was to come back delayed, so I was like, well, if this isn't going to materialise into anything, then we're both essentially just wasting each other's time. Like, I don't, I don't want to keep texting someone when I'm in another country if it's not even going to become anything. So before I went, I just sat down and was like, so what are we? <laughs> it's actually that simple. And the more direct you are about it, the better, because then there's no, like, dodging any question, you know? You just have to answer that directly biggest dilemma at the moment is definitely my anxiety. I've tried everything from journaling to therapy and nothing seems to work. Any tips? So they say meditation is meant to be very good for anxiety because it's very calming on the nervous system and you're also when you're doing meditation you're also controlling your breath which is kind of part of controlling anxiety sometimes to be able to like control your heart rate you need to control your breath and slow it down so I definitely think that is worth a shout if you haven't tried meditation yet there's a lot of free resources for meditation on YouTube and Spotify and you can look up specific ones for anxiety if it's becoming such an issue though that it's really affecting your life you could always go to the doctor and get like you can get beta blockers for anxiety that help lower your heart rate how to stay organised at uni and keep track of deadlines. I just can't seem to get my shit together. <laughs> it is really difficult to feel like you're on top of things at uni. It just seems like there's so, ma- so many things going on at one time. It's like hard to balance them all in your brain. The best way I think is to get it all out on either on paper or on a laptop or iPad or whatever just get it all out in front of you so that you don't have to keep it all in your brain because I find when I try and keep everything in my head like oh my god there's just too much going on up there already to then add all that into the mix (laughs) so make sure you're really organized with having everything in your calendar At the start of the week, write out all the tasks you have to do for every module and then slot them into what day you're going to do them. If you find it easier, some people find it really difficult to like jump from one thing to the other. So sometimes what is a lot easier for people to get their head around is if they dedicate one day to a module or you can even do two days. I mean, it depends how much work you have going on for different modules, obviously. But yeah, some people find that way easier to just decide, okay, Wednesday's my dissertation day and Thursday is my visual communications day and then it just means you get to sit down and from nine to five or whatever it is that you decide to do, <laughs> and you're just de- dedicating it to that particular project or module. I think that's especially really good at the beginning when there aren't deadlines soon because it means then when deadlines start to approach you have already spent the time and you know put in the effort on those days and then it's just like 
a little bit of a scramble at the end. <laughs> like a little bit of scramble is normal. A little bit of pressure when crunch time comes, you know, when the deadlines creep up. I actually did a whole episode on tips for going back to uni. If you want to listen to that, I think I did talk a lot about kind of like organizational stuff. Thoughts on just not wanting a relationship in your 20s? I think that's fucking amazing. Go you. Like, do you know the amount of people that spend their 20s either in toxic relationships or just wasting time on people that genuinely don't deserve their time? (laughs) So I think it's amazing. And it just means you've more time to have like better friendships, more time for yourself, to grow as a person, to dedicate to hobbies. Yeah, I think it's great. If you want to be single in your 20s, be single in your 20s. My uni social life is so dead compared to my housemates or girls on Instagram. Help. So is mine. And I absolutely love it. (laughs) I love lying in my bed and seeing stories of people out at the pub and just sitting there all smug thinking, I'm so happy I'm in my bed right now. (laughs) Nothing brings me more joy you couldn't pay me to get up at that point and put clothes on and go to the pub and sit there and make conversation with people that I can be bothered talking to. I'm sorry, but I just, I'm a granny. Someone's really loudly blasting, hopelessly devoted to you out of their car. Pop off. <laughs> um, What was I going to say about this? Oh yeah, It sounds like though this girl is upset about this, so maybe she's not happy like me about her non-existent social life. If it's your housemates that are always going out, that's so easy to tag along with. Just ask them where they're going and be like, oh, I quite fancy coming, if that's okay with you guys. Or maybe if you don't get on with them, you could join a society. They always have socials if you fancy going to something like that. Or you could even try and organise like a course night out you know if you've got like a facebook group chat of everyone in your course maybe try and organize something through that but i wouldn't stress about this like i know there is pressure to always be doing something and i think the quicker you come to terms with the fact that it's okay to be content with not going out the better otherwise you'll just feel guilty about something that you actually don't really care about it's just the pressure from other people making you think that you do if that makes sense. Got told I have PCOS and to go on the pill, but heard it only masks the problem and doesn't fix it. I don't know what to do. Okay, so I am not a fan of the pill. I think there it's used way too frequently for things and only ends up masking problems that then when you come off the pill are still a problem. However, PCOS is not one of them. Apparently the pill is like actually proven to really help PCOS. So maybe just look into it a bit more because I do know some people with PCOS and they've been told like it genuinely has been proven to, because I think it's something to do with, because obviously when you're on the pill, you don't release the eggs and then they're less likely to turn into cysts or something. I don't know. I did definitely read something about it in period par, but it is like the one thing that the pill is good for. So don't knock it just because of it being not the best thing for other things. Advice for getting over someone who's already over you. He's done it so easily. 
this getting over people is one of those things that is just so different for every person and not even just every person but also every relationship of that person you know like it's taken me varying amount of times to get over previous relationships and sometimes you do genuinely just need time and you don't want to rush it because there's no like magic cure for this you know you just get used to it. You get used to your new life without them. You get used to spending more time with your friends and spending more time doing other things. And then before you know it, you won't be thinking about them. Also, don't look at what he's doing or like what he's posting or whatever the reason is that you're seeing and why you think that he has moved on so quickly. It could all just be a facade. Like, you really don't know what's going on in his head as well. He could be thinking about you every moment of every day and you would have no idea. And people just cope with things differently. Like, for some people, if they're still trying to get over someone, they'll really kind of shut down and be celibate and kind of just, like, shut off for a while while you're readjusting. But then some people, first thing they'll do is just, like, go on a rager, start shagging anything with a pulse. (laughs) So I think everyone just handles these things differently and it doesn't mean that one person is more over the other person. I'm going on an exchange to Europe for four to five months next year. I live in Australia and I have a boyfriend. Need desperate advice on how to cope and maintain the relationship whilst being so far away from each other. Yeah, four to five months is a very long time. Will he be coming to see you at any point in that trip? Because I think I would find four to five months without a trip at some point of seeing them quite difficult. However, it is doable if you want to make it work. At least in this case, there is an end point in sight. That's what I always say with long distance relationships. As long as you can see an end point in sight and you know that this is not going to be a forever thing then you just need to understand that and work through it together and you'll get to the other side eventually. I actually weirdly found when I was in Australia that I preferred the time difference of there to the UK than I did say you were in Eastern Europe or the Middle East or Asia even. I just found with those places it was kind of that really annoying time difference where when I wanted to talk, they were in work. When they wanted to talk, I was going to sleep. And you can never really find it the right time. Whereas Australia is so far away where the time difference is like, it obviously depends on the time of year, but it's 10 to 12 hours. That obviously varies as well where you are in Australia and where you are in Europe. But I just find it so much easier. It was like when they were waking up, I was getting ready to go to bed. So you could have that chat and then it was like the same way reverse when I was waking up they were getting ready to go to bed so it's not actually that bad in terms of being able to communicate with each other FaceTime will be your best friend there's lots of little apps and things now as well that you can do specifically for long distance relationships also just do things like you know if you're getting ready or even just if you're lying in bed at night or just kind of pottering have them on FaceTime just while they're like you don't have to be talking but sometimes like it just feels like you're in their company if you're just on FaceTime doing your own thing I know that sounds weird like last year 
Anytime I was would wake up hungover, I'd always just ring my boyfriend because he works from home. I would just watch him work and it just reminded me of the days when I would wake up anytime I stayed at his and I'd wake up and he'd have work the next day and I would just like lie in bed while he was working. It just really reminded me of that, even though I wasn't in his room. But yeah, I've never gone that long without seeing someone, but I'm sure if you guys want to make it work enough, you can. Advice on how to trust your boyfriend when you have trust issues. Okay, I'm going to say something you're probably not going to like what I have to say about it, but I don't really... Oh, I don't know if I should say this. I don't really agree with people having trust issues and like carrying them over to other people. No, I, I do get it. I do get why that happens. Obviously, people get massively fucked over and deceited and cheated on from people that they really didn't expect it from. So I do get why people would have trust issues. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here like denying that or gaslighting you or anything. But... I personally think that trust, well, this is for me anyway, trust is a given and respect is earned, whereas a lot of people say that's the other way around, don't they? People say respect is given and trust is earned. Or maybe they don't, maybe I'm just making that up. Anyway, I think that for me, trust is a given until you give me a reason not to trust you. And then if you give me a reason, well then yeah, maybe I will have trust issues with you but they're legit at least. They're not because of someone else's actions. I think as well, I've been in a relationship where the other person had trust issues and it just used to wind me up so much because it would be so infuriating that I hadn't done anything to deserve that kind of behaviour and that, I don't know, there was always issues with them having trust issues essentially and knowing my whereabouts and all this stuff and it was very claustrophobic and it was all for no reason as well because there was no nothing to not trust me about. If anything, it actually caused the majority of problems in our relationship. Like they all stemmed from him having trust issues but not from me not being trustworthy. <laughs> yeah, I think it really drove a wedge between us and like pushed me away because I was just like... I don't like this. So I think if you can think about it from your partner's perspective and think like they haven't done anything to deserve this. So I don't know, it's a hard one. I can't just be like, stop having trust issues because obviously if those things are going on in your head, they're going on in your head. But I think knowing when it is appropriate to express them and when to understand that you are just being, like you are bringing things from previous relationships into it. Oh god, someone has asked for contraception advice. I'm really not one to ask about this, to be honest. I've been saying for the longest time that I'm going to start natural cycles. If you haven't heard of natural cycles, it's essentially like monitoring your cycle so that you know the five, I think it's in a five to seven day window where you're actually, what's the word? Why has that word escaped my brain? Where you're actually, oh, fertile. Yeah, so it's basically monitoring that and you have to take your body temperature every morning the second you wake up and based on your body temperature, it's able to tell when you've ovulated. So I really want to do that because it's the most natural way of doing things and it doesn't involve any hormones or anything being inserted in you. Jesus Christ, don't talk to me about the coil. I haven't actually ever got it, by the way. I just, just the thought of it really just terrifies me. Also, just the fact that that's kind of expected of you to get is just crazy to me. Anyway, 
Yeah, I've been off the pill for two years now. So probably for the whole two years I've been talking about going on natural cycles. Here I am, still not doing it. So I really don't think I'm qualified to talk to you about this. But I just have, I, right, anytime I have a conversation with anyone about this, I'm just really torn because I am never going back on the pill. I do not want to put that in my body again. It fucked me up, <laughs> honestly. I don't want to scare anyone off from taking the pill. Like, I know it works for a lot of people. I know it's a great contraception, but I just delved too far into it now. I've read too much stuff about it, listened to too many podcasts about it. And I'm just too deep to ever even consider that again. It's like with veganism, do you know? I've watched so many documentaries. I've followed so many like activists. I'm just so far into it that there's no way I would ever eat meat again. It's the same situation. You can't unlearn or unsee all of that stuff. The pill as well, like it essentially is tricky. It's giving your body fake hormones that then turns your real hormones off. And think of the amount of things that your hormones affect from your mood to your appetite to your sex drive to how literally how you wake up and how you feel, how you feel when you're exercising, where you store your fat, like all these different things that hormones literally affect everything. And we're expected to just take that. No, it's not happening. Sorry. It's not happening. Ask any male, would they take this new male contraceptive pill that has the same effects on males as the contraceptive pill has on women? And see what they say. I guarantee you it would be no for them all. So why should ours be any different? Okay, that's actually kind of irresponsible of me to say, I guess. Like, yeah, we do probably have to take a little bit more control where that's concerned because at the end of the day it would be the baby growing inside my belly so yeah maybe just ignore what I just said (laughs) sorry I did tell you that I'm not the one to ask about this didn't I anyway I will tell you that I know you can get the copper coil which has no hormones it just sounds like a bit of a bitch to like it just sounds very painful to get in and also apparently can make your periods heavier and then there is also well you can get the hormonal coil but I feel like if you're getting a coil why not just get the non-hormonal coil huh? and then the alternative is to get the implant this is hormonal but I think it's a lower dose than the pill is and if you're one of those people that is very forgetful like I was when I was on the pill and never took it every day never took it at the same time every day as well then Maybe the implant is better for you. Or if you're interested in cycle tracking, definitely look into the the natural cycles route because, as I said, I've been very interested in it for a while. I just haven't really followed through with that interest yet. Thoughts on ageing. Been thinking about that lately. Society seems to be obsessed with youth. Do you know what? I've been really thinking about this recently and not in like a bad way I'm not like scared of aging or anything which I think a lot of people are because of this society's obsession with youth you know what I actually think I'll do a separate episode talking about this because it has been something I've been thinking about for a while I just don't really know how to go about it for a full episode but this is what I do I come up with topics and then I have to sit on them for a while until I figure out my angle and everything I want to say and I keep jotting down notes on my phone, and then eventually it will materialize. (laughs) 
But yeah, aging used to scare me a lot, but I think now, I don't know, I just think I'm a lot more... I think the older you get, the more comfortable in your own skin you are, the more comfortable you are with being your true self and with being honest to the people around you. I think you don't have any, like, bullshit surface level friendships and, like, I don't know, I don't think you stand for as much bullshit, essentially. So yeah, I actually think there's something kind of nice about aging in a weird way. How to deal with living in a house of girls when you get on each other's nerves. Okay, so first thing I will say is that it's not normal to spend too much time with anyone, whether that be the people that you live with, your family, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your best friend. It doesn't matter who it is. If you spend too much time with someone, they will eventually get on your nerves. You need distance from people and you need personal space. I get really, my social battery gets really drained. I really need my time to recuperate. Otherwise, everyone will get on my nerves. And I think when you're in a shared living situation, it's very easy to feel like you're on top of each other if you're all cooking dinner at the same time and then sitting in the living room and all watching TV together every night. And you're kind of just always with each other, always going to the pub with each other, always going to uni together. It's like all these things that you're always doing together. And sometimes you actually just need to break away from the habit of doing it with everyone and develop your own little routine so that then you can meet up with them outside of your routine. Maybe start cooking enough so that you don't need to cook every single night. Maybe start eating at a different time to them. Start making plans with people that don't live in your house. Or just being comfortable with the fact that you're allowed to just go to your bedroom and have a night to you, even if that's five nights a week. And then it means when you do do things together and you do plan like a house night out or a house dinner, then it's exciting and you have things to catch up on and you're not just like irritated the whole time and like looking for something else to fight about or nitpick. Because that's what happens when you get on someone's nerves is then there's like arguments waiting to happen at the drop of a pin. Seasonal depression is upon us and I am terrified. (laughs) Babes, so am I and I am terrified every year. The thing is, is that I am already a bit of a hermit when it's not seasonal depression season. That is only exaggerated when winter comes into play and you really don't want to go out into the cold grey, gloomy weather. Oh, Okay, I'm going to share some of the things that help me when it comes to this. The first thing is getting up and out and not thinking about it. So whether this is getting up and out and going to the gym or whether it's getting up and out to go on a walk, but just doing something, it does not need to be an hour long thing. It can be for 15 minutes, but doing something before your working day or your uni day or whatever it is starts because what happens when it's winter and it literally gets dark at four o'clock is then you come back from those things. It's pitch black. I mean, I know it's going to be pitch black in the morning as well when you're doing this thing, but you come home from work, it's pitch black and you feel like your day's over. So at least this way you've done something before work and it also gets the serotonin going, you know, gets your happy hormones, what do you call them? Your endorphins from exercising and just starts you off on the right note. It could even be 10 minutes of skipping in the garden. No matter what it is, anything that gets you up and out is gonna, it's gonna get you some fresh air. 
it's gonna get the endorphins flowing it's gonna get that initial like scare of going out into the cold just over and done with straight away because if I sit and think too long about it there's no way I'm going outside (laughs) that's why I literally just have to get up and go within the space of five minutes like literally throw on my gym gear run out the door my second tip is to get a sad lamp now I'm not sure how much these actually work but people say they work so I have a sad lamp I have one here and I have one in Belfast (laughs) Um, I actually would love to buy, have you ever seen those alarms and they gradually, it's like a sad lamp that gradually gets brighter and brighter to wake you up when you want to wake up and like mimics the sun rising or something. Because I really like waking up to the light, like I keep my blind partially open so that when I wake up in the morning it's a little bit bright in my room and I really hate in the winter when you wake up and it's still dark so something like that alarm would be amazing for me another thing is to plan things at the start of the week or like before the week starts at the weekend plan your week out you know maybe plan something with some friends whether it's dinner or getting a coffee with someone plan to go to a yoga class one evening put these plans in place because it's so easy when you're on your way home from work and it's pitch black to just be like fuck it I'm making my dinner and going to bed Unless you're content with doing that and being cosy and watching movies, because I love that. I'm really, really trying to rack my brain right now for other tips when it comes to seasonal depression, but I'm having a hard time. So if anyone has any other tips, please let me know. I think this year I'm just going to really try and like romanticise winter, and it's a lot easier said than done when you are shivering and can't feel your hands and feet and are walking home in pitch black at five (laughs) o'clock. But I'm still going to try and romanticise it. Get into the cosiness, you know, accept that there's going to be a lot of movie nights, a lot of snuggling up under the sheets, fluffy socks, fluffy dressing gown, cute little gloves and hats. Yeah, just romanticise the shit out of it. That's my last tip. Okay, guys, I think I'm going to leave it there. I'm sorry if I didn't get to your dilemma. I'll definitely be doing another Girly Chats episode, don't you worry. Thank you all so much for sending me in your questions and problems and trusting me to answer them, because I wouldn't trust myself. Sometimes I think I'm actually okay at giving advice. I'm just not good at following what I say for myself, which is a bit of a problem. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this week's episode, Share it with your friends on Instagram. Give me a little five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You know the drill. Love you all lots and I'll speak to you in the next episode. Bye.